You're listening to We're Big Kids Now, a podcast journey through stories, interviews, life lessons, comedic relief, and most likely some not-so-wanted advice. My name's Joe Alexander, and I'm here to hopefully inspire, motivate, and above all, just have a good time with y'all. So sit back and let's get started. Welcome back to We're Big Kids Now. Today's chapter is an important one for everyone. It doesn't matter your race, your color, or beliefs. We should all be understanding of things we may or may not understand. If we were put in this world to understand everything, life would be bliss. But that's not the case. If you decide to tune away from this chapter, I feel your pain, but know that I still love you. If you stay and listen, I applaud you for at least having an open mind and hearing the truth of what's going on all around us. For many, we love our family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers, but that moment someone hears about how someone identifies in their sexuality, that relationship either creates a stronger bond, or sadly, others create a divide and build somewhat of a hatred towards that individual. Not all, but most. Nothing's changed. It's the same person. It's the same memories you've cherished. But now that you know who they are attracted to, that all of a sudden bothers you. But being straight, we all need to accept. Do you see the difference? It's weird how the world works. But just understand, 40% of homeless teens in the U.S., were thrown out of their homes by their parents just because of the simple fact of coming out. 26% of the LGBTQ say that their biggest problems involve not being accepted by their families, bullying at school, and the fear of just coming out in general. 73% of the community say that they are more honest about themselves online. That shouldn't be the case. It's crazy that they can't open up to their, to their loved ones, those who have been around them for the longest time, but feel more comfortable online behind a screen, behind a phone. I think this is something that a lot of us go through more than others because it's opening up more in the world, but... It's still not as open as it should be. We still have family members that don't understand. We have friends that don't understand. That's, it's mind boggling. And I think we just need to be accepting no matter what. Because they have feelings. And that buildup, the emotion that they've had to get to that point to where we, we, we quote, coming out, if they went all the way up to that point to tell someone, you have no idea the feelings that they've been going through. Those who accept, so much more gratifying. Those who don't, you have no idea how much that may have hurt that individual. Myself, I went through that. And it was crazy. I had those who stood by me and many who did not, which I don't understand until this day. But for some, 
you have to go through those emotions for other things to get better. Because I could tell you, it does get better. You're not alone. So just in general, in case you're ever feeling any doubts, any, any youth that wants to reach out and talk to a counselor, talk to someone anonymously. There's helplines. Things like this is stuff that we should take advantage of because you know what? Many won't understand. But there are those who will and will be open to understanding what you're feeling, what you're going through, and it's just best to talk about it. You can always reach out to the LGBT National Help Center. It's 1-800-246-7743. 25 years or age of younger, basically reach out. There's counselors there who can talk to you. You can talk anonymously um, or just go on to their website, glbthotline.org slash talkline. Um, Talk to someone. It's always best to be heard. And that's what we want to make sure everyone is always heard. So reach out. Definitely have no fear. Go with it with the intent of it's still you because I know it's still you. I love you, even though we haven't met. But know that people out there share that same feeling. And today, on our show, I've got a great guest that can also relate. We're going to hear about his story and basically his coming out story. Um, But let's open our minds. Let's just allow ourselves to love. I'm excited, at least, for you guys to hear today's chapter So our guest today is a very talented individual who I discovered through our Netflix binging during this unfortunate pandemic. We started watching a show called Interior Design Masters, where designers got together, they worked in certain projects as a group and individually, showcasing their design skills. And boy, can I tell you that this guy stuck out like a thumb. I was obsessed. Not only was he one of the most talented designers of the show, but also just the show's heartthrob contestant. Um, he, I, basically getting to know him further as an individual made him even more interesting for me to want to bring him onto the show and share his story. So joining me today from across the seas over at the UK, let me introduce you all to the amazing and talented Kyle Broaden through. Hello. I'm guessing I said the name right, right? Yes, that's good. That's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. I was like, I hope I pronounced it correctly, but welcome, Kyle. Good. No, thank you for having me. It's really nice to um, take part. I've been listening since you contacted me. I've been listening to some of the podcasts. Awesome. And I just, I love, really love the format. I love the casual nature of the chats and just the sort of goals that you're trying to achieve with what you're putting out that I just think is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate it. And thank you for coming on. Um, I'm telling you, when we started watching that show, we were like, so first of all, I thought it was a Netflix like original, but it's not. It was something that actually aired on, was it the BBC? Yeah. BBC two did it. Uh, we filmed in 2018 um, through the summer. So it started in the May and we filmed through to September it was an insane, an insane experience. Like you cannot even believe. <laughs> <laughs> it looked fun. Was it your first time ever doing a show? Yeah, it, completely. I was because um, I just that year I just actually finished university. The actually the the week the week before I left was the the week I graduated. So the episode where I leave like four days before I'd graduated university in between. (laughs) 
so it was it was a pretty it was a pretty crazy time um but yeah it was i think we started filming on the 31st of may 2018 and on midnight the day before i'd just been to hand in all of my stuff and then got on a train the next day to go to london to start filming oh my god i love it um wait okay so let's back it up let's say okay so who is kyle uh where were you born and raised i was born in south africa Um, oh wow okay we moved to England in 1998. Um, my mom's family is South Africa. My dad's family is British. Um, he moved there when he was 13 and then moved over here uh, when he was about 30 or so. Okay. Um, he had quite a high-profile job at the time, and it was getting to a point where he was getting death threats. And basically, he worked for a really big company, and he was the face of the company to all the staff. And... It was whenever there was a problem, he was the target. Then we were going to have to have security and armed guards, and it just what well, it was like. We couldn't do it anymore, so Jeez, we came wow. over here. <laughs> so I moved from the. I mean, that sounds really bad. South Africa is a beautiful place, and I moved from like going to the beach at weekends to move to a place called Bolton, okay, in the north of England, um, which is a very interesting place and is very very different to what I thought. I mean, I was about eight years eight years old when I moved. From Africa um, over. Yeah. And my parents, t- first of all, told me I was moving to Disneyland, <laughs> um, which was a slight. I mean, I fully went in for it. I was really up for that. But then when we came off the plane and I was in England and in Manchester and on the way to Bolton, it was a bit of a crashed reality for me. <laughs> eight years old. Well, at least they told you Disney. So at least you were going in with a positive outlook. <laughs> This is true. They were, I was optimistic for about, well, the 10-hour flight here. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to live in the castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was me. Fully, fully loaded, oh fully ready to go. Okay, so then you moved over to London. Ha- so would you say out of the places that you lived, were you, are you loving London now? And is that where you want to kind of stay? Or what have you loved so far from your travels? Well, I, I, live, I live further. I live in Birmingham, so I live further up. It's like in the middle of the country. It's called the West Midlands. Okay. Um, it's about an hour away. And... It's, I do like where I'm very, very lucky to live where I live. Um, uh, but I actually have a long-term goal to move to America, to be honest. Really? Um, we came over to LA uh, two years ago. Okay. Did just have, oh no, uh, end of 2019. Is that two years ago now? Yeah. Yep. Um, to actually look at areas of where we would potentially live, get a feel for cost of living, how it sort of works over there. Obviously, COVID happened and... There was obviously there was a very mm-hmm. unfortunate orange person in the world at the time, and we weren't really sure what was going on, so we just decided to put the brakes on that. So, for a bit. are are you um, wanting to are you wanting to move to LA or to the Americas more for? Is it better for the business that you're doing, or is it just change of lifestyle? A one hundred percent better for my work, to be honest. Okay. It's there isn't. There is a design community in London, which is great and amazing, but I don't particularly want to live in London. It's not my thing at all. It's like all, I don't is know. It, it just doesn't do, is do it, it dull? Is it not pretty? Is it like, because I obviously it's, only know it from the movies. I haven't been there yet. That was our trip supposed to be this year. Obviously COVID hit. Last year oh, we no. went to, we went to France and we went to Spain. Um, so we were lucky to do that before the pandemic hit. And this year was supposed to be like uh, possibly a London trip. So I'm like, oh, when everything happened, I was like, okay, well, it's on the back burner now. But how is it over there? Is the, the lifestyle not pretty? It is. It's an amazing, it is an amazing lifestyle if you like your existence to be going to restaurants and 
I don't know. I don't. I, I like being outdoors. <laughs> you're like, you're like I don't want to trash everything. London. <laughs> it's like you, you pass, it just it costs a fortune to live there, and then everything you want to go and do costs a fortune. Really, and it's always there's no stillness, there's no calm. It's just so crazy, crazy intense. There's no space either, and I like space. I mean, we we have a great house here, and it's lovely. We've got a nice garden. We've my husband runs a um fitness business okay. and the bottom half of the property we've actually built a giant lodge that's like a fitness center oh really um so it's been really helpful during lockdown actually although the business isn't technically open we have to be online we have a full gym at home so how long have you guys been doing that so far um he's been doing it for he started it before we met um so i think he's been doing it for near enough 10 years now and it's been it's been really really good he absolutely loves it um gone completely off track now <laughs> i know this is how it's gonna go the whole show is gonna be like this <laughs> but that's so I fine do that a lot so you just have to rein me back in because i'll talk forever about nothing <laughs> don't worry it's great your accent is soothing so everyone's gonna love it <laughs> oh good, good, good um okay so let's let's talk about i guess your business okay so you are a designer you are an interior designer you have your own yeah. business correct yeah that's correct how long have you been doing that now um officially i started working for myself 100% in about April of last year, which was really good timing. Okay. Um, I worked for another company locally. Um, they grew massively over a couple of years, but they didn't have any of the technical design skills that I have. Okay. Um, so they kind of brought me on board to run all of their projects. So I was taking on a massive amount of stress, a massive amount of um, responsibility um, for really not a lot of payback. Um, and I started doing, because of the show, I sort of, I was getting work anyway. I was getting direct um, clients for myself. I wasn't willing to outsource that to the company because mm -hmm. it's my name. Um, and obviously I'm not in control of the work they do. So I started doing projects, but I was basically working around the clock and killing myself because design is not a, if you're going to do it properly, you can't just dip your toe in it. It does it's like all encompassing of your life and you have to be on it 24 seven to be able to get things right because there's so many different elements you have to keep track of. Well, I was going to, I was um, going to say, so, but, okay. So you, you studied architecture and that's what you, yeah. you graduated in, correct? Yeah. And, and going from there, I guess, starting off to doing your own design, it helped out getting into another business. You kind of started working there and then you branched out onto your own. Is it fully, you're basically hustle and flow that you are trying to market yourself out there or is it word of mouth how is it that you're getting all your business um it tends to be referrals i mean i'm very lucky again with the business that my husband has okay. we have a database of about 600 people that know about us oh, wow um so it tends to work quite well in terms of work coming in and flow of new clients coming in i mean i've been very lucky that although i mean i think and this goes for everyone this year just surviving if you've got a business this year or even just having a job, just surviving this year or the last year, should I say, is an achievement in itself because yep. um, of everything we've had to deal with. So I, I count myself as very lucky as although some projects got put on hold, my dearest clients stuck with me and we've managed to find a way to get projects done during this time. And they've just been very patient and understood that things take longer, stuff's running out of stock, companies aren't holding stock anymore. Um how, so how's, how's COVID over there in London? It is insane. So we have really? technically been in lockdown, I don't know, since like beginning of November. 
Oh wow! I would say they they gave they. I mean, I it really annoys me. They gave everyone a break to see each other over Christmas, which surprise surprise has now caused all the numbers to shoot up again. Really? Um, so I mean, my I'm quite like my family don't celebrate Christmas, so it's very easy for me to not see my family. So I am aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just really really intense. It's getting. I mean. It, just before the lockdown uh, in November, it felt like we really needed it because it felt very close. Like there were lots of people that we know that have it or getting it. And it seemed like it was one degree of separation from us. Of course. Um, and then we kind of had the lockdown. We thought it was going to be okay. And then it's kind of things got better and now they're just getting worse again. So, so basically, do they have an expected date of thinking, okay, like, are we going to open up soon? Or is there no like projection for that? Um, they're saying they're going to review it in mid February, I think, but I don't think much is going to change to be honest. Cause they, they, I don't know what, what things are like. What are things like by you? So we're opened. So we're, we're back open. Okay. There's certain limitations, obviously, uh, where you can eat and a group sizing and things like that. It's not like a full lockdown. Um, so thankfully at least that, at least there's still progression there, but to be fully locked down for this long, I would. I, I don't know. Like, how, how are you keeping yourself sane right now? <laughs> I don't think I am. Because <laughs> I can only imagine it might be putting myself in your, in your position. And I guess even in your business, like, are people still willing to want to do work and under certain, like, guidelines? Or, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I can't even fathom around that. Like I, said, I, I mean, I've been very lucky, so I can only speak from my own experience in terms yeah. of it. My clients have been very... Obviously, as soon as the lockdown happened initially in, in March, I just stopped. So I stopped anyone going to anyone's houses until everyone could figure out what was happening. Um, so I basically, I was still doing design work on my own. And at that time, I was still managing some projects for the old company that I worked for because I said anything I started, I'd finish to make sure that everything ran smoothly for everyone. Yeah. But then it got to about, uh, I think it was about... So beginning of May, I said, right, okay, we need to get things moving. So we just took steps to kind of, I mean, because people have been at home so much, of they course. have wanted to do work to their house. And I've got friends who run a wallpaper business and they've been doing so, so well this year because of that. Yeah, so I, th I, think, of I think everybody being home, it's it's driven them kind of in that stir crazy of you're seeing everything in your house. You're like, okay, you know what? We can start remodeling. We can start redesigning. Yeah, um, and I can only imagine on your end, it's probably the same business over there just as it is over here in the Americas. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But um, in terms of staying sane, it's been a very interesting period um, of having to sit with yourself quite a lot and maybe sometimes sit with uncomfortable thoughts. <laughs> um, <laughs> When your mind just wanders a bit too much and you become a bit too comfortable in your own head, which gets a bit dangerous, I think. I I, I know, and and I think it's I think everyone is going through that, and and that's where like we've talked about certain pieces on our show about mental health and just staying positive um, through all of this because it's not easy. It's not easy at all, and e even hearing it on your end, it, I can only imagine, especially on a full lockdown. Um, what's I guess have you have you binged on certain shows that are keeping you active? Are you doing any other extra hobbies to keep you more sane? Like, what is the day to day life of Kyle right now to try to say, okay, you know what, we got to pull through this, and this is what's going to help stay positive. Well, the main thing I found throughout lockdown, I found um, I had to go into meditation a lot more than I was before. Okay, because I, I have an incredibly nervous mind, anxious mind, I would say. So it's in, I think a lot, a lot, a lot, and I don't necessarily sleep that well and when I do I wake up quite a lot and so it's I've had to really learn to focus my brain 
um, because I think if there's no, all of a sudden there's no structure and you're con like totally relying on yourself to stay motivated, you do end up a bit of a, you can end up a bit of a slave to your thoughts of mm -hmm. you're not doing this well enough. There's nothing to compare to because you're only, you're only, <laughs> you're your only person. Yep. Um, so I think in terms of, we have binged on some shows. We did like Bridgerton. Did you guys get Bridgerton? Over yeah, there? we did. I, we, I was just talking about that earlier with another guest. What did you think? Um, I thought it was good. I, I'm 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 very picky on my shows. <laughs> so okay. So I, I don't know. I'm more of. I loved Tiger King, obviously. Did you see Tiger King? Oh, yeah. That was good. That was so <laughs> it's good. Just, it's, it's random and it's sporadic. So I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I, I, fell, I fell in love also with, um, oh, my God, what was this other show? The um, Shit's Creek. I binged all over Shit's oh Creek. Oh, my God. I, I've got, I, that, that, to be honest, that has actually got me through <laughs> the last 12 months because I, I drive my husband insane because I've got speakers in my office. And it, my laptop plays through it, so all he hears is that, rawr, 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 you know, that noise in between <laughs> yeah. all day long, and he wants to kill me because I must have watched it about fifteen times every episode. It's funny. I feel like Dan Levy is a little piece of me as well. I'm like, I, I am obsessed with that show. I absolutely love it. But it's funny, and I, I, so I was just thinking, I'm like, I go in the, I guess, interim of obviously your show came out later on. Did you watch your show as well? Did you watch it again to kind of like? see how you did like it was it was actually really really terrifying because <laughs> you spend because you think if you think they there's so much that happens so we filmed for example we would uh on a sunday we would catch a train to somewhere in the country and then we would film for four days for 12 hours a day we would then wrap on the thursday and then we'd get a train from there to london to then film the first half so the end of the episode and then the first half of the next. So if you think there is about 10 cameras filming for 12 hours a day for a week, basically, or five mm -hmm. days. So there's so much stuff that happens. And then you can't, you get really, really panicky about what you could have said, what you've forgotten you said, when you know you've had a moment where you've been pushed to your very limit and you've got really upset or you've got angry. Yep. You, you're terrified about how they could use that. Um, I mean, I think I was very lucky. I got a very good edit, if I'm being completely honest. I, I, I think you looked great on there. I think the way they perceived your, you. your story and how you – I think I think you definitely – you set yourself apart from the others. I think you were more hands-on. You, you, you created things more to where it was not like, okay, let's just paint this or let's paint that. Like you, you, like you built things. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this guy. Like this, this is me. Like I'm the, do, the DIY guy, and I loved watching it. And then my partner and I were like – obsessed so we kept on watching the whole show we're like <laughs> at the end we're like ah but i'm not gonna say any results of what happens but <laughs> i want everybody to watch it but I, I thought you did great on there and i was I, that's you. why i was like when i reached out i was like oh i love this man i really want this guy to come on <laughs> so it was great that you answered back i just think that the important i mean i'm not really a reality tv show person i do like some of them but i don't like i don't feel like you should ever have to take away from someone else to do better yourself yep i think it really and that's the bit that I was really, really careful to always try and maintain that although it might be funny, I would never discount. I mean, who am I to say that another person's design isn't good enough? Mm -hmm. I can say I don't like it. It's fair enough to have an opinion. And I, <laughs> and I have told people that I don't like stuff if I don't like it. And you do. But I think there's, just, there's, a certain <laughs> way of, there's a certain way of dealing with it. And I just think reality TV doesn't always show that it tends to be an argument as opposed to a discussion. Yeah. I mean, I thought the, the show, to be fair to the show, they were very fair. And there were actually certain times where arguments did properly happen. 
um, but they'd never showed it. They kind of they kind of would cut and then allude to the fact that people have disagreed, which I thought was a much yeah. nicer way of dealing with did it. You, did you stay close with the other contestants? Um, yeah. So there's uh, we. Where are we? So we've got a WhatsApp group with all of us on it. Oh, we I speak love that. regularly. I mean, it's kind of it's tailed off a bit in the last couple of months. I think just because everyone's been so crazy with COVID stuff and. Just actually before, um, just before lockdown, I think the 14th of March, we locked down the week after. Um, I filmed a campaign for Tesla UK in February that should have aired, but it was about travel. So they can't air it now okay. until it's ethical to promote travel. But anyway, as a result of that, they gave me a house to use in the Lake District, which is a really nice countryside place. So I said it would be a really good way for us to get together. So I think four of us from the show all went up to the house together, spent a weekend getting drunk and <laughs> laughing about stuff for two days. So That's that was awesome. really, that um, was really So nice. I'm only assuming your house looks beautiful then. It does all right. <laughs> it does okay. I mean, it's uh, to be our house is rented, so there's only so much I can do. Um, You're like, I can't break down walls, rate. but at least it's decorated really nice because I, I could only assume that because for what yeah. you, for what you did on the show, it it it, it stood out on 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 the others, and that's why like we Thank always you. we always went back to always saying that we're like, yeah, you know, he was the most creative one, um, and I guess now Thank with you. with social media and all, did that help you even more to kind of get more clients? Like, did that after the show aired and then your social media boosting from there, did that help out? I mean, yeah. I did not really do social media before the show, to really? be completely honest. <laughs> I think I had about 500 followers uh, when I started. Um, and I didn't really know anything about social media. They didn't really give us, they were supposed to, but they didn't really give us any social media training. Um, so the first couple of months, I mean, it wasn't too bad when the show first aired on the BBC here, but it was more so when it went worldwide on Netflix. It went a little bit crazy. Okay. I'm quite. I'm naturally quite a quiet person and quite reserves so all of a sudden i mean my facebook account i mean i don't really use it anymore but my facebook account got hacked and then i had like five thousand facebook requests overnight and i had people trying to call me from all over the world through facebook and i don't i'm not massively technically minded with some stuff so it all freaked me out a little bit so that side was very weird very, i mean it was cool yeah. in a weird way, <laughs> if that makes sense. Just, oh, so you, it was like, you weren't ready for it <laughs> no yeah it was just it, i'd never thought of it to be honest um in terms of clients, social media has drummed up some, but I'm kind of trying to figure out a way to restructure it because I think you're right. There is something in terms of the DIY element yep. that is really good for social media, which I don't necessarily promote all the time because really I wouldn't, I don't do any DIY stuff for my clients because there's too much risk involved and it's massively labor intensive. So mm. if I'm on one job working hands-on, I can't be working on anything else. I think, I think it's just, it's either, either like doing little, like what I've seen from other designers when they just randomly do like either just basic tablescaping or doing redesigning gallery walls or it's just, yeah. it's like that setup. I think that's what triggers the, the everyday American or everyday customer that is just basically watching to say, Oh my God. Yeah, I could do that now. Because I, I tell you the designs that people come up with randomly on their own. Sometimes it's like, okay, we just did that just to piece certain things. But when they see it and I think they're more for what we've triggered people now, they're more influenced by social media. So if they see something, they're all trying to replicate it now. Definitely. 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 I think it's really, I mean, it's great because not everyone can afford a designer and they shouldn't have to they shouldn't have yeah. they shouldn't have to sacrifice having a nice home just because they can't afford to bring someone in to do it and there are always simple tricks that you can implement to because I'm working on a blog at the moment okay cool um, I'm going to be putting on my website to address that more 
Um, and I'm speaking to a production company. They want to run like a small, like mini web series, which is based around accessible shops in the UK and DIY hacks for at home. So I'd like to start, I think my social media is probably going to go more down that route because the clients that I've got don't, it's very difficult to market on social media because everyone knows your social media has to look a certain way. Yeah. And if you're working with a div- like a diverse amount of clients and you haven't got a massive name as yet, your jobs are all different. So I can't post my work, if that makes sense. No, of course. Yeah. Because the projects that I'm doing are what the client wants. It's not just what I want. Um, so because I, I get asked quite a lot why I don't post more um, of my own projects. And it's because they're all so different. And to try and create a cohesive image Instagram profile yeah. with projects that are completely different because it's, it's about the client at the end of the day it's not about me the tailoring the instagram going forward and building it more around those diy accessible hacks because then it can be any style it can be you can do this in a certain way to make it work for you or there's lots more you can work with which i think is more suited to yeah. social media well I, I, either way whatever you put out there i think definitely it's inspirational because your talents are definitely shown through what your work is um, so definitely, I would say once you get that going, push that out because people will love it. Um, what I did want to do is I kind of want to transition back to what we were talking about earlier uh, in the show. Um, I kind of wanted to just talk about basically how, how obviously you're freely being open gay. Um, you're you're, you're, ma- you're married. Um, how was that process coming out? And how was that process, I guess, figuring out yourself um, in your journey of becoming Kyle? I guess we could start off with maybe when did you come out? Like at what age did you come out? Um, I came out when I was 17. So my parents are Jehovah's Witnesses um, and I was raised as one. I told them when I was 15 that I didn't want to be a Jehovah's Witness because I didn't want them to think that I wasn't a Jehovah's Witness because I'm gay because you can't be one in that religion. don't know if you know, but um, you can't. Um, So they knew that and then everything started to sort of build up with the family and get more and more intense. And um, then I came out when I was 15 and then I was kind of given an invitation to leave the house. Really? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I moved, I think within two weeks I'd moved across the country to another city called Leeds because with the Jehovah's Witness religion, it's very, very like my only friends were Jehovah's Witnesses. You weren't allowed to associate with people who weren't Jehovah's Witnesses. So basically it's your entire life. And then all of those people have to not speak to you anymore. So I couldn't really stay in the, t- the town where I was because I'd end up seeing people all the time wherever I went that knew me. And it just didn't. And also, I think at that age, with the amount of anger and hurt that was going around, I probably would have done a lot of damage yep. to, to our relationship. So in a lot of way, I think they actually it was a good thing that they did say, you well they said you've got to leave but i think the separation of me moving to a different city was a good thing because we were completely out of our lives then while we both figured out because i do understand i i knew i was gay from my five i always knew i was i mean i knew i was different i didn't necessarily know i was gay straight away but i knew it was different so i had a lot of years i guess what gave you certain inklings of that you could possibly be gay um like did you go through any any circumstances or like there like, I guess like thoughts or like how at a, at a young age, cause this is something that I've always spoken about um, with like my friends and close relatives that I've always said, mm. I feel like we go through, I, th- I feel like we go through certain scenarios or th- circumstances through life that either entices that emotion more to then start figuring out 
who you really are. Um, and it helps you basically develop and saying that, you know what, I am gay. Um, and I, I'm wondering in your instance, did you have any of those moments? Did you have anything when you were younger that maybe happened that said, you know what, maybe there is a possibility, I guess maybe not so young to even know that, but maybe the thought process that it could lead out that way, because you don't even know what that means when you're that young. Um, I just, I think it was always just a general attraction. I just didn't seem because the Jehovah's Witness religion is so revolves around you just kind of grow up you get married and you have children that is the be all end all of life and that just never it never occurred to me as something i wanted to do um so there was always that difference there and i guess there's just the natural i mean the natural things that happen is you become a teenager and you start looking for various sorts of adult material Mm -hmm. online and then you figure out which bits you like more than others um uh yeah it's I mean, it's a weird. I what I find really interesting is um, how we learn how to f- um, build friendships. Yeah, because uh, I think it's really difficult as gay people. I mean, because of the religion I was brought up in, I never really learned how to make friends with people properly. Because the people you're around, you just had to be friends with because they're the only people to be friends with. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of you just kind of hang out with them. But then kind of, that was taken away, and then. The only way I would actually start to meet gay people was sex, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Basically, yeah. So then, how do you for how do you get used to forming just normal friendships with people, and how do you who you can trust? get used to? And how, yeah, exactly. And how do you get? You know, we have that really innocent thing of the kids when they're like teenagers and they start dating and they get to just hold hands and get to learn how to give affection that isn't sexual. I don't think gay people get to do that because you never have the casual... Well, I I think it's changing for kids now. But when I was a kid, I never learned how to show affection to someone that wasn't sexual. Yeah. It was like zero to a (laughs) hundred. Yeah, no, it's just... No in between. Yeah, it wasn't the norm. It wasn't something that, obviously, us growing up, we saw our parents and we thought that was normal. But then what we felt, Mm -hmm. we couldn't express that because that wasn't normal in their eyes. Um, I, I guess going into it have you redeveloped a, a relationship again with your parents or how, how did that go over the years or just, is it still cut dry? No, it's, I mean, it's improved massively now. Um, we have a much better, I mean, there was a good, so that was when I was 17. So it was a good six or seven years where we didn't really speak, but I got myself into a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you think I lived in a bubble till I was 17 and then I moved to a new city on my own with no parents and no idea about everything. And because I'd been told my entire life everything was dangerous, mm-hmm. I didn't believe anyone because everything else was a lie. So I decided to try everything. Yep. Um, so things got really, really, really messy. I think when I was 17, I moved out. And I think the first time they saw me after that was when I was 20. But I was in hospital, so it wasn't the best moment to reconnect. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was a very fractured period. But I think after that, we started because that was a real low point. We sort of then we kept contact with each other, although quite fractious still. But we kind of keep in contact and make sure I'm still alive. Um, and then a couple of years later, I moved home for a bit and then I moved out again. And then I think when I was about 24 ish. We started speaking more, and I think my husband could see that it bothered me slightly with some things. I, yep. I mean, for Asia, I just conditioned myself that it wasn't a problem, and I was fine. 
Um, but he could see that it was affecting things. So we started communicating more and um, they obviously didn't come to the wedding, which was fine because it would have been awkward for me for them to be there as well because I wanted to be able to not feel conscious of anything. Of course. Um, but it was quite cool. They came to my graduation in 2018. So they met Carl, they met his family, they met some of my friends. Awesome. Um, but yeah, they live, they live about an hour away. I go and see them once a month normally when COVID isn't around. Of course, uh, we yeah. have a nice afternoon and then I come back again. Um, so. well, I, I, I think, I think about that because at least there, at least there was a buildup there. And I, in my instance, I, I went two years, obviously not talking to my family. Um, wow. it was kind of like the same thing. I moved away and it, it, it was a difficult time. I am, from what I, from what you guys see on social media, I'm very out there. I am very bubbly. I'm very loving. I'm mm-hmm. close to family. And when that was stripped away, I that put me in a dark hole. And it was a struggle, but I I kept myself, I guess, motivated. I kept myself saying, like, you know what? I think this has this has to happen for a reason. This has to happen mm-hmm. this way for a development and for things to get better. And I wish obviously that wasn't the reason I wish we didn't have to do that. Um, and I think the transition of how life is going now, it's being more accepting. Um, but I, I, I could tell you even from my partner's side, it's been many years to where they're still not accepting. So everybody's story is totally different. And yeah, I, at least yours were able to come around and things were able to mend, which I would have never thought even on my end where my family would travel with my partner. It was, it was always that, It was very religious family, very uh, Catholic to where um, they come from a Catholic military family and it was set in their ways that this is not right. And I get it. And I know that. But there there was, I I guess, what what bothered me the most was that I'm still the same person. I'm still the same person Mm. that you knew the whole time. Yeah. And And I think you could relate with that too because it's like nothing changed. Nothing changed in my lifestyle. It was the same person. It was just now you know obviously what I do behind closed doors or whatever the case may be. It's like exactly. it's weird. And I think what kept, I guess what kept you still in that positive route? Did you think that you know what things were gonna get better or did you think that nothing was ever gonna get better? I kind of just I kind of put that aspect out of my mind. I never really dreamt or thought about things getting better. I just kind of accepted, okay, this if this is what it is, it's what it is. There isn't anything I can do about it. I have physically no control over it. Yeah. Um, so once I got straightened out and then sort of from like 21 onwards, I just kind of focused on myself and just started focusing on figuring out how I'd be the best person I can be. Um, and I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel quite lucky because that going through that stressful time, I don't know if you ever feel like this, that having to deal with everyone around you, basically turning around and saying what you are is wrong, gives you such an intense form of compassion for people. Yep that I don't think I would have otherwise if I'd just grown up and everything had always been perfect. Whereas I I feel like I have such a lot of compassion for people and it makes me, one, it makes me very good at my job because my job is going into someone's house and figuring out who they are and being empathetic to the slightest thing that might affect them in life or the emotional side of design, which is something I'm really passionate about. Um, Sorry, off topic a little bit there, but I know I I think I think it's the humbleness. I think you become a a a more grounded person, Um, and and like in my instance, it's I I I am I I love life. I I love making people happy. I love being able to share conversations like these stories. Just being able to just talk to random strangers to where maybe this conversation may help once or somebody else down the line or whatever the case may be. It's just I think it's thinking that hopefulness and that positiveness that you know what. 
don't worry about those struggles. Don't worry about the negativeness that you're going through now, because you know what? That hopefulness that something may develop is a possibility. Um, and for some, it may not be. But you know what? Think of the positive route. Think of what's flourished. You obviously met somebody amazing. I've met somebody amazing. Um, it's it's things that will progress in time. You just need to keep your mind on focus. Definitely. I've, I used to watch this thing called, there's a documentary called Yoga, the Architecture of Peace, and it's by this photographer, and it's about different yoga studies and stuff. But um, there was just this really simple line that they always used to resonate with. And he said that happiness is always within us. It's just certain circumstances on life cloud it from you. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but I think that's something so poignant for me to remember that you can only be unhappy if you allow yourself to be unhappy. It's always there. Nothing physically changes if you're happy or sad. It's it's a state you can get yourself into. And that's the way I like to view it because I can so easily become caught up sometimes in negativity about some things. Um, and it's something we all have to work at a certain way, I think. And I think that remembering it's always there. It's always part of you. You always have a part of you that is happy. You just have to keep working to find it. Um and I think that's so important for people to remember, especially now. <laughs> no, it's it's um, true. It's it's the it's these difficult times that obviously, it, again, it was a cloud. It was a cloud over us right now, and yeah. I hope that everybody either went through some positives, even through the negative, because we all went through different experiences. And I think if we saw that positive outlook, hopefully something else flourished and something opened up for us. Um, but you, you you said it correctly, and I only wish you obviously the best going forward for what. Your business has, hopefully, things open up in London, in in the UK, and at least with what your business is from your partner as well, that your husband has the fitness going on. I think, I think that's definitely great because at least that that's helping others too. That's helping people be motivated. Um, so you guys are still helping out no matter what. And, and I think that is what we all need to figure out. How else can we help others? Let's not think only about ourselves at the end of the day, but how can we motivate? How can we inspire? And you guys are doing great with that. So amazing and kudos to you. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And to you. I mean, I think it's amazing that you've decided to do this and just try and put a little bit of, a little bit more happiness out there to people. Um, I think these conversations are so important. That's why I found podcasts so helpful during this time because that, even just having it on while you work, that conversation in the background just triggers something in your brain that can fight some sort of negative thought you might be having. And it can just help shift you. And I think it can catch you at just the right time sometimes in your day to completely turn your day around. Um, So I do think what you're doing is amazing. I think it's really important at the moment. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. And and again, like it, it started from a negative. It started from what was going on in the world, and we sparked it up, and it's helped out, and people are loving it. Um, Florida's <laughs> loving it big time for where I'm locally, <laughs> where I'm at, because we've been rated really great. So I'm like, I go, it's great. I go, I, at least we can help and inspire others, and that's what I really just want to do, and just help everyone out there. Um, even like you said, put it in the background, something's going to resonate, and maybe it may just be a whole segment or just a one-liner that makes you want to like say, let me listen to the rest. Um, but I appreciate it. Um, uh, we have had some technical problems. Problem. All right. So that actually means that we've come to an end and it's time for our final questions. So Kyle, okay. are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> <It's a bit laughs> what makes you happy? Um, what makes me happy? Um, 
seeing happiness, I think. So I think being able to see happiness in someone else makes me happy. Does that sound really weird? No, no, I, it makes sense because I'm the same way. I love to see people happy. Like if I made you happy, I feel happy. Exactly. I think that's, yeah, that's the sort of the thing that can give me happiness because I'm in, I'm in, control, I'm in control of my own happiness. But to be able to think you can give that to someone else for a bit, I think it's pretty special. So, so make that makes be, me happy. Of course, I love that. And if you can give your younger self... One piece of advice. What oh, would it have God. been? <laughs> I know through your history and through all your adventures and all your travels, <laughs> but what would just be that one thing that you would give your younger self? How much can I say on the show? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. If it's going to help the ratings, you say everything. <laughs> Doing drugs on a Tuesday night is not a good idea. <laughs> there you Maybe go. that one. <laughs> Well, you, you had your experiences and, and you know what? I think that's something that we can't take away. I, I, I think we learned from what our parents told us was no, 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 no. But you know what? Sometimes our parents did it too. They had to learn as well. Um, so I think, you know what? Yeah. Don't do drugs on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a learning lesson. I enjoyed it. I did it. It's part in my past now. And I, um, it's made me a better person. I'll put it that way. <laughs> was it because Wednesday you had church or was it Wednesday that you had to go to school? <laughs> I'd run out by Wednesday. I was like, what was happening Wednesday morning? <laughs> <laughs> there's just no way you can go with that. If you're doing that on a Tuesday, there's just nowhere to go. <laughs> Tuesday becomes uh, Sunday night. Exactly. Like. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So what would you say that when you leave this earth, which word would best describe your life? Oh, what I'd like it to be, or what I think it's going to be. No, well, give me both if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, I don't know, understanding. I think everyone needs more understanding. I think it's the whole cancel culture and people not being able to disagree without having a conversation i think it would be nice if i could be known if i could leave this planet and just be known for someone who could try and understand other people that's deep i love it no that's good <laughs> there's never a wrong answer so i, I love okay. that one and, and i think i think that's it's it's we want everyone to understand we want i think everybody wants to be understood everyone wants to be heard and i think that's an echo of what we were talking about to where express yourselves yeah. Live happy, live positive. Don't feel like you have to be closed in. If you're going through things, I think the more we can talk about it are going to definitely help us through our, our circumstances. Totally. So you definitely can't close yourself in. And I think that's great. I think you'll be known as understanding for sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Kyle, I love you big time. I appreciate oh, you coming on you. today. I think you are an amazing human being, very talented. I wish only that the world gets to know you even more. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome. And I guess we'll share your, your website right now is basically www.kbfdesign.co.uk, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Right. Thank you. No, definitely. And then basically they can reach out to you for, if obviously if they live locally for consultations, design advice, um, and then you're going to be releasing your blog uh, site as yeah, well? Yeah, that's correct. It should be ready. Where are we now? In about April time, I think. Okay, perfect. So definitely follow him there. You can also follow him on Instagram. His Instagram handle is KBF Design. 
Take a look at his wondrous travels, basically all his designs. He's got definitely great social media content, even though he claims that he doesn't know what he's doing on social media. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But he is a great human being, and I am so honored at least that he was able to join our show today. Do you have anything last that you want to say for everybody that's listening? Um, I just want to say thank you for reaching out, to be honest. Um, Thank you so much for giving the opportunity to have this conversation with you. I think we're all lacking conversation at the moment, so... um, it was just nice to have a conversation with someone new. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm, you know what? I, I'm wanting to do this because it's like, I think everyone hates to be able to talk to people. I just, you don't know me. I didn't know you. And we just talk like a random conversation right now. And I think exactly. we're great. <laughs> exactly. It was fun. Play, so play, I, honesty I th- is always good. Of course. And I think this is what I want everyone to do. And this is what we're trying to promote. Definitely have your conversations, open up, talk to strangers. Um, But like I said, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, buddy. Um, And I only wish you the glorious and amazing things coming ahead, even beyond this negativity of what's going on in life. But you've got such a great positive uh, character that definitely it's going to flourish. And I think you're going to have great things ahead of you. Thank you so much, Joe. And um, I wish all the same for you, the best of luck. And I hope the clouds do part and we have a better 2021 than we did 2020. Definitely. And just so you know, my home is always open for you guys. I hope my home is open for me when I go to London. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Doors always open. Definitely. And again, thank you so much. And like how I end us all, this is not the end, but more like to be continued. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, always go with kind. Be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite platform and stay tuned for the next chapter of We're Big Kids Now.